Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. So I wanted to give just a little life update, share some funny culture shock things I've noticed here in the States, and share with you a lesson that I've learned in the time that I've been here that has been really, really helpful for me. And so I was planning on posting a four-part series on unconditional permission to eat. So the series that I was going to do is called Don't Tell Me What to Eat, How to Practice Unconditional Permission to Eat for Any Nutrition Goal. And this is something that I'm so excited to teach you all and share with you all because when we are truly making autonomous choices over what and how we eat, it is quite motivating for us to eat in alignment with our goals because we are making choices. It's the difference between someone telling you, you have to eat salads to be healthy. And you saying, I choose to eat salads because eating in a healthful way is important to me. One of them is really empowering and you feel like I'm in charge. I'm making this decision. And the other one is like, God damn it. I have to eat a freaking salad again because diet culture tells me I have to do it. And if I don't do it, then X, Y, Z, whatever. And when we have autonomy and choice over how we eat, we are a lot more likely to stick with the choices that we make rather than someone saying like, you can, you can only eat pasta on Saturdays. And then you're constantly thinking about like, oh, it's Wednesday. I want pasta. So that is coming out next week. And part of that is my life update because life has been very different lately. I have been in the United States now for about three weeks, almost a month. And I have had to be very efficient with my time when it comes to bite-sized nutrition and running my nutrition coaching business, because I have a lot of demands on my time with like the family affairs that I'm working on right now. So I recently had a family member pass and I am here in Los Angeles, sort of dealing with all of the things that come with a family member passing, which if that's ever happened to you and you've never kind of had to do the like closing of the estate stuff, I will tell you right now, it is a lot. It's a lot, especially, you know, my grandmother has lived in the house that I'm staying in now for like 70 years. And there's a lot of memories. It has been a crazy trip down memory lane. And I will tell you something that I honestly wish that I had valued spending more time looking at old photos and hearing old stories because I have spent now hours going through photo albums and old letters and things that my grandmother had saved here. And it is fascinating. So if you have the opportunity to speak with an older member of your family or go through old family things, don't do what I did, which is like, be like, yeah, I'll look at it. Yeah, I'll look at it. And then you never do. Like actually next time you see your grandparents or your aunts or your uncles or your parents or whoever has that stuff, take it like 30 minutes and just start looking through it. It is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And you're going to learn so much about your family. And so that has been kind of an emotional roller coaster because, you know, reliving old memories of simply being in this house, seeing so many photos and reading letters and, and learning more about my family. So that on one side has been kind of emotionally uh, up and down. And then also emotionally up and down, just like managing my expectations and my family's expectations of like how I'm managing all of these administrative tasks. And it's been a lot. I've had a couple of breakdowns, like screaming, crying breakdowns where I've just wanted to like pack up and leave. 
and I've gotten through it. And part of it was just letting myself feel the feeling, letting myself cry, letting myself hug my dog and cry. And then saying, okay, I'm going to make a list. I'm going to take a big task and I'm going to break it down into tiny tasks. I'm going to take another big task and I'm going to break it down into tiny tasks. And for, if you are someone that is like at all sort of on the ADD, ADHD spectrum, or you struggle with focus, or you struggle with breaking things down, breaking things down into tiny little steps for my brain is the best way to get myself to do something big, like the best way. So give it a try if you tend to procrastinate or get stuck. And so, yeah, it's been hard. It's been, it's been hard. However, I want to talk about some of the fun things because it's also the fact of the matter is this is the longest time I've ever spent. No, sorry, not ever. This is the longest amount of time I have spent in the United States since I left in 2014. And so there's been a lot of funny culture shock things that you don't really realize when you're only here for like a week or two. And one of them is, so this is the first time I've traveled here with my dog and people and their dogs are kind of weird, at least in this neighborhood that I'm staying in. Everyone has a doodle, everyone, like a, a, a Bernadoodle, a Labradoodle, a Golden Doodle, a Poodle, a, a blah, blah, Bloodle, I don't know, all the doodles. And the doodles do not like other dogs, apparently. There's lots of like crossing the street. And me being like, my dog's friendly. And then being like, my dog's an asshole. I'm like, sorry. So that's been really funny to see all of these like very expensive dogs not liking other dogs. I've also had to adjust to driving. And I'm very used to now, you know, living in Europe. So I'm going to sound like one of those people that goes on like vacation to Europe and is like, so in Europe, this is what they do. But I'm sorry. That is, that's what's going to happen right now. So living in Europe, I'm used to not driving. I'm used to being in a city where things are walkable or there's public transportation and it's easy to get around. Los Angeles, if you have never been to Los Angeles before, it is huge, like absolutely huge. And driving places, you you don't really have another option. And so I've had to really get used to like calculating driving times and So as I'm talking about funny culture shock things in LA, so the house that I'm staying in is not super far away from where a lot of the filming happens for sitcoms and things that you see on TV. And so the doorbell just rang and it was someone asking if they could use the street parking because they're going to be filming an episode of a sitcom in this neighborhood. So that's a fun LA thing. And then one other thing that I want to share that I that has been really funny for me is observing sort of the culture at the gym. So the gym that I go to in Barcelona is there's very, very few like bodybuilder, like raw type guys. There's two guys that I can think of that look like those bodybuilders from the eighties that like are probably on steroids and are just like juiced, like juiced. And it's funny because they genuinely look like they're from the eighties. And here I go and and everybody else is sort of like, they're not out of shape, but they're like, you know, people that are either like in shape, they look like they take care of themselves or people that are starting out with the gym, older individuals, like you don't see a ton of like very like cut large men at the gym in Barcelona where I go. And here the gym is, it's like Jumanji in there. It is like George of the Jungle. Everyone is jacked. 
everyone is bench pressing all the time. And it is the first day I walked in, I was like, what is happening here? Many, many, many people over like six, four, six, five, lots of men, very, very good shape. Um, I do see some badass ladies lifting and that makes me really, really happy. But it was, it was really funny the few, first few days sort of observing at the gym being like, I am not used to this anymore. Really not used to this. So that is some fun culture shock stuff. And I want to share a lesson for me that has been, it's been really important. And that is around emotions and the importance of accepting all emotions. And so I work on with my clients, a a concept called emotional regulation. And emotional regulation is about how you identify, process, and deal with your emotions, being able to essentially like regulate your emotions. And this is something that most of us don't learn at home when we're growing up. I definitely didn't, definitely did not. And it's, it's something that, you know, you can work on in therapy. It's something that the, the basics are, are essentially like noticing and naming emotions, working on accepting all emotions, and then processing them in a way that, you know, processing or soothing or coping in a way that aligns with, you know, your, your values and your goals. And for me, it's been a really incredible test of the work that I've done in accepting all different emotions. Because for a long time, I really struggled to accept, especially negative emotions. Um, It was really hard for me to cry. It was really hard for me to accept help and say that I felt like I needed help. It was really hard for me to accept being sad. I would try, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm sad. Oh my God, I need to do something else to avoid being sad. Being sad is not good. And learning to accept my emotions has been a huge lesson for me. And, and this, the last, this period of time, the last few weeks has been a real test of that. And so what I've learned is really, really important is naming your emotions. And this is something, if you're a client of mine and we've worked on this, you know exactly what I'm talking about is actually identifying like, okay, what do I feel right now? What is the name for the emotion that I feel? And maybe it's three different emotions all at once. And for me, being able to name those emotions of like, I am feeling, uh, I'm feeling lost, I'm feeling helpless, and I'm feeling um, bewildered, for example, or I am feeling grief and loss, and I'm feeling lonely. Like being able to identify those emotions has been really helpful for me to be able to accept the fact that those emotions exist and that there's nothing wrong with them. And so that for me has been a real, real lesson. And I hope that that in some way helps you if you find it also difficult to express your emotions. It's something that's helped me also connect with other people a lot better and really be able to have honest conversations is everyone has tough stuff in their lives. And a lot of the time we don't communicate it with other people. There's actually a lot of fear of me communicating this stuff with you on this podcast. Cause I, I don't control who listens to this podcast. And so if you have listened to this, I, I want you to know, I don't, I, I, I'm not sharing this because I want any type of sympathy. I'm sharing this because I think we all struggle with things and, and especially in the realm that I work in, in, in health and nutrition is often what that means is I shut everything else in my life down and I only focus on this problem. 
I, you know, I see this with clients sometimes where they have a really stressful few weeks. And so, you know, they don't exercise or they, you know, don't eat a vegetable for like a month. Um, and, and they feel like, oh my gosh, I've let myself down. And I want you to know that you, you can turn the dial down on the things that you do. So you don't, if you don't have time to meal prep, don't freaking do it. If you don't have time to do your hour long program at the gym, don't do it. But it can, and it has for me during this stressful period, prioritizing at least a, a reduced version of what I normally do has actually been really, really helpful in helping me maintain some sort of sense of normalcy. And that has meant that I've needed to put some boundaries in place with like, if someone says, hey, can you meet with me at this time? Sometimes I have to say, hey, I can at this time, but I can at this time. And yeah, so I'm going to leave it at that. The next podcasts, podcasts that you will hear from the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast will be this series on unconditional permission to eat. And I want to let you know that if you are someone that feels like you need to follow certain rules or you need to, you know, eliminate certain foods or do certain things in your nutrition and it can only be this way. And when you break those rules, you feel bad and you feel like you're not progressing. This is going to help you no matter what your nutrition goal is. So I truly believe, and I've seen this in practice with my clients, that you can practice unconditional permission to eat and reach a fat loss goal and reach a muscle gain goal and reach an overall health goal. There are no absolutes here. And so figuring out what type of flexibility works for you and your brain and the, and the way that you like to approach nutrition is really, really important because for so many of us, myself included, telling, telling me you can't have this just makes me want it even more. And telling myself you can have this if you want it and then making a choice about whether or not I consume that thing has been absolutely a game changer in how I view food, how I view my body. So the don't tell me what to eat, how to practice unconditional permission to eat, no matter what your nutrition goals are series will be out very, very soon. If you are listening to this after the fact and alongside them, you are going to be able to access guides for each episode. And so what you'll need to do is in the show notes, you can sign up for those emails uh, or you can go to bitesize.ck.page slash UPE. And, but you find that link, you can click on the link in the show notes. And through that, it is going to help you not just listen to the podcast and be like, oh, that was a cool podcast, but actually be able to take what you hear in the podcast and then help you remember and implement those things. So it's not just one of those things where you're like, oh, I listened to this cool podcast, like amazing, but actually be able to put it in practice. This is amazing. If you are a client of mine, this is going to be an amazing compliment to what we're already doing together. If you are not a client of mine and you would like to learn a little bit more about coaching, those links are also in the show notes. And with that, friend, thank you for listening to this little bit of a ranty episode. And I hope it was helpful for you. And I can't wait to hear what you thought.